On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diegos here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a Friday night. Welcome to the show, Vinny Venezuela. Welcome to you. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Great to be here. It's even good to though see it's a you. sad night. I know. Well, it's a sad night. It's a sad night. We'll get no, into that in a minute. But uh, Carlos Alberto Diego, you're in the house. How are you there, Rodrigo? Is yeah. it the end of the world? Well, it could be for about well seven thousand people that went to the game tonight. It could be the end of the world, Carlos. Oh, yes. Warren's not even in. Apparently, there were seven thousand more thinking of going. Yeah. But we've we've had many of these final whistles. Oh, these and it's uh, a little bit depressing. Yeah, and really, I'll tell Carlos. you what. I nearly, I nearly walked out on the station <laughs> when uh, when they started coming back Newcastle, mm. and then they took the lead. I thought. Not, not one of those shows. We were going to have a happy show tonight. Oh, I was a really happy show where everyone was to ring up and say how fantastic city we're going to be this year. We're going to uh, applaud the young kiddies, mm. uh, you know, doing the, the, the new generation, oh, the new generation, Snapping the, the, their the coaching shorts. changes. The we were just going to formation. We we're going to just, just you know, espouse love and all that. And the, the plucky now we've got Uruguayan import. Yeah. Well, so they've got it all on paper, no, no. <laughs> and, and, and they've got plenty out too, Vinny. No. I was and thinking, more to come. I was thinking they wouldn't lose a game for the rest of the year at halftime. <laughs> but uh, we're Vinny, not even up to the main course. Exactly. Um, Warren Diego's not in. He uh, he's our man at the game. Yeah. We'll catch up with him a little bit later on. Uh, probably he was going to come in, but he's decided to go home. But anyway, uh, we'll catch up with Warren Diego a little bit later on. Of course, we're talking about. Um, the Newcastle Melbourne City game, where Newcastle, who were two nil down at halftime, defeated Melbourne City three two. And before we go on, thanks to the uh, SEN call team on another great uh, great call. I think they captured and uh, sad call. I think it was a sad yeah, call. I think they captured the the, <laughs> the sad yeah the regression yeah. in that yeah, game. Right. Thanks to Ed uh, Wyatt, Grant Brebner, and JP Howcroft on a, another great call. Good to hear your voices in on a Friday night uh, mm. on A League season. I tell you what's sad. Like at the start of the year, we were you know Warren and I were debating who was going to own this. <laughs> Town. Was it going to be Victory or uh, I know. or City? And I think it's Newcastle. <laughs> Vinny, <laughs> you, wine... They've beaten both teams. Yeah, yeah. Your wine cellar, Vinny Venezuela, is uh, stacking up because uh, Warren just can't take a trick. Anyway, tonight we, uh, we're on for two hours. It is the final whistle with the Diego. So give us a call. Tell us what you think. 9429-1116. What what's the hotline tonight, uh, Carlos? It, what went wrong hotline? What went wrong hotline? <laughs> it's a broad, broad question. Well, we want broad, broad answers. Absolutely. It's actually, it would be a question that uh, the v, everyone had failed a VCE English exam on, wouldn't they? Yeah, what went wrong, discuss. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, what went wrong? I mean, we've like I said, we've had this time and time again. I, I, I don't know what we could say, really, about Melbourne City right now. Let's just play music now, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I, there'll be a lot of dead air tonight, I reckon. <laughs> First game of the season, one all, they were plucky. They had the young kids in. Mm. Uh, Decker scored. Fauna Riley 
brilliant player, and they really did well up there in Sydney against Sydney. They lost 3-2 against Victory in the derby after a poor start, but they came back. There was light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Stefan Mork, beautiful finish from a Aaron Moy, yes. penetrating oh, pass. Yes. Last week, 3-1, and suddenly... They're coming into – they won 3-1. Suddenly they're coming in tonight. They could have gone top of the league tonight. All the incentive in the world, all the motivation <laughs> in the world. Uh, Bruno Fornaroli in the first half just churning people uh, for fun. Mm. Stefan Mork became a man in that first <laughs> he half. He did. He grew up. He went Carlos. from boy to man yeah. in that first yeah, I half. I watched it. I saw him. I saw him grow. Garuccio suddenly became the best left back in the world <laughs> yeah. in that first half. <laughs> So and what the hell happened? Actually, let's change the hot. What the hell happened in that second half? Because it was a collective. I was imagining Aaron issue. Moy in the midfield at Manchester City <laughs> in the first half. It's true. It's you true. know, I love it at the end of the game. You know, they they were speaking to the new Newcastle gaffer, and they said, "Oh, what did you say at half time?" I want to know what JVS said at half time because <laughs> it it had the opposite effect. I know they yeah, were know. up two zip. Yeah, yeah. Look, we're willing to take any theory on the hotline tonight. What went wrong? Hotline. Yeah, absolutely. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen, or send us a text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. As I said, we're going to catch up with uh, what probably is a very sad Warren Diego, <laughs> uh, very very shortly. But uh, we'll take your calls tonight. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen, and let's go to Archie in Epping. He wants to talk about the game tonight. G'day, Archie. Welcome to the show. Thanks, gentlemen. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you feeling? Oh, mate, I'm uh, I'm disappointed to be honest. As you should be. So so. At half time, were you there with some mates? At half time, were you were you thinking we're we're unbeatable? You know, <laughs> we're we're going to be on top at the end of this this round. We own this no. town. Didn't didn't get too uh, too complacent, but I think the team did. So so but, what do, what do you think? So where do you think they lost it in the end? Um, oh, we had the momentum. I just think the changes early on in the in the second half just uh, destroyed the momentum. Um, Especially with Newcastle sort of starting the second half off on the on the front foot, um, and we just couldn't get into them. It was those changes that, for me personally, killed the game. So you're saying JVS uh, John Van Ship is uh, to blame to some extent here, Archie? Yeah, well, you know, call it blame or what have you, but certainly take a bit of responsibility because those changes shouldn't have been made, especially when you know, like you guys said, it was a team of two halves more, you know resembled a, a midfielder from the uh, EPL, and then all of a sudden he's not heard of in the second half. Mm. Absolutely. Now, Archie, what do you think about the, the penalty call against Decker? I mean, the people talk about crucial moments in the game, defining moments, and uh, obviously it was 2-1 at that stage, and uh, Newcastle were coming at them. Uh, I, look, I've got to say, often people call for penalties when uh, someone's diving in like that and the, and the hand's sort of hanging out, but referees rarely give them. Were you surprised that the referee gave that one tonight against Decker? No, not necessarily. I mean, uh, it was just, you know, I don't believe in luck, but certainly um, they did everything to deserve it. You know, they were pushing, they were penetrating, and eventually the, the pressure was going to, the pressure was going to, um, you know, take its effect, and it did. So good luck to them. So Archie, obviously you're a long-time Melbourne City supporter. Um, are they are they a different team this year? Is it more of the same? Uh, and it's disappointing as a supporter to say that, but you know we just we plot along every year and we renew our memberships, and you know it doesn't seem that anything's changing. We don't have depth in the team. Yeah, we've got good players, but you know there's there's a lot of injuries. But you know this is where you need players to step up, and unfortunately we're not doing it. Archie, mate, thanks for your call. I know that was a hard call to make, but. Um 
don't give up. You've got your membership. Don't give up. This is It's early in the season. They've got a few players out, quite a few good players out. Um, they'll sort themselves out. In the second half, they just they look really inexperienced, actually. So, mm. mate, Archie, thanks for calling, and uh, make sure you, you, you keep keep the strength. The um, interesting thing, the penalty was a bit controversial. It's probably soft by, by a lot of sort of um, reckonings across in, in the world football sphere. But uh, it, it's how they, once, once Newcastle got a sniff that they were in the game and then they really started pressing, that's where City just couldn't couldn't match them and, and were, were being caught out and just befuddled. Yeah, we'll talk about Newcastle throughout the night, but um, yeah, certainly what a fantastic performance in the, in the second half. Hey, 942-911-16, it is the What Went Wrong hotline. Give us a call. Michael in Pasco Vale, uh, how are you feeling? Oh, very upset. So what did you make of it tonight, mate? I just think the reflection of the... Um, the way the team came out in the second half is a reflection of the coach. They were yeah. all over them in the first half, and whatever happened in the changing room is what the coach told them to do. So if they're not pushed, nothing's going to change, and those two subs were ridiculous. They just killed the game. There, there have been some rumblings over time about the fact that John Van Skip's a really lovely guy, and... Uh, He's a bloke who has been at the helm for a while and he's not your Kevin Musket type fire and brimstone type coach. He's more your measured, uh, probably more methodical. Uh, Cerebral, calm. Yeah, yeah, calm sort of coach, which is great for young for the, some of the younger players who are coming through. But I think the perception is that he probably needs to throw a few chairs around and really you know, scare the living daylights out of some of his players to get the best of them. Do you think that that's what the image is? There, Michael, with uh, John Van Ship. I think if the club want to be taken seriously, that FFA Cup semi-final result was basically borderline, borderlining disgrace. But tonight, there's no way... I'm a City supporter, but looking at Muskie on the bench, his players respond to the way he behaves. And the City players, I think, do the same. It comes down to that. Now, Michael, what's your view on... Um, uh, Pardaloo being left out of the... Given that, Given the Pardalou's a big boy and can handle himself, do you feel that he needs to be on that bench? I, you know, City don't seem to have anyone to look to on that bench when when the going gets tough. I think Pardalou's got to show a little bit more. Van Schip left him out, but I think tonight it backfired on him because there was no leadership. There's no leaders on the field, and as I said with Musket, you put Pardalou in a Musket team, he'll fire up. Put him in our team, he's just it's cruisy. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder, Michael, whether that's got more to do with the the, the qualities of the players and the characteristics of the players in the in the Melbourne Victory team. I think at some stage tonight we will sort sort of compare, you know, the 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 type of players, the, the mentality of the players. I mean, even. John Van Skipper's come out a couple of times in the first few weeks of the season, talked about having his team having to develop that winning mentality. You know what? What kills me at, at professional at the professional level of football anywhere in the world? You shouldn't even be talking about the winning mentality. I mean, that should be it's sort of almost intrinsic in the player in in their DNA to a point. Yeah, of course they they'll have moments in games where they they might lack a bit of energy and maybe a bit of confidence. But the Melbourne Victory team. Irrespective of how they're playing, there's a core of their players who are leaders in that team who just do not ever, ever not contest. And unfortunately, time and time again, we see with Melbourne City, even after promising uh, uh, you know, moments and, and games and halves and so forth, like we did in the first half, they have these moments. They're prone to these half, uh, 45 minutes or times in the game where they just go lame. And that's what disappoints everyone, I think. 
Thanks for your call, Michael. Some great points there. Let's go to Craig in Mount Evelyn on the What Went Wrong hotline on nine four two nine Craig. You want to talk about uh, some uh, substitution decisions? Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, look, uh, John Fanship needs to take responsibility for putting two a double substitution in the beginning of the second half. You got two guys who then have to come in and try and get to the pace of the game. It was it was a stupid substitution. Yeah, I, I, I was actually surprised. I'm not sure whether Kuzminowski was injured or not, but um, he, you know, he's a, he's a player that you almost want to keep on there because there's going to be moments in the game where he's going to just take over. Uh, and, and I just felt um, with being 2-0 up, uh, a confident, cocky kid who can do step-overs for fun, mm-hmm. I just thought he would have been really useful in that second half when the game would have even opened up even more. So I was a bit surprised at that. But having said that, I don't know if he was injured or not. So uh, you haven't heard anything there, Craig? I, I certainly didn't get any indication he was injured. No, we were at the game. We were in the, um, in the, you know, right behind the bench. There was no indication he was injured at all. Yeah. No trainers or anything went to him. But I think Banship's treating it like a development team. Mm. He's, he's, a, he's a top... It's meant to be the team, not a development squad. Yeah. Um, don't put guys on to... You know what I mean? Yeah. Carlos and I were doing the sort of the age numbers, and we think that uh, 90% of that squad is still on their pee plates. Well, I mean, if you go through the squad, I mean, what I really enjoyed about that first half, and this is where I was going to have one of those nights where I was going to love every one of them, mm. because Retray's 20, Chapman's 20, Garuccio's 20, uh, Moy, 25, but he's a, he's a leading player, probably the best player in the A-League at the moment. Melling's 20. Mork's 20. Kuzminovsky's 18. Um, Gamero's 22. And Decker's 21. Uh, I mean, that, that that's half the side or even more of the side that is a young, exciting team. And, and so, because of Sorensen, they're the oldest team in the competition. <laughs> but the, I suppose the point I'm, I'm making is tonight could have been for a different reason. And that's why, you know, as much as I'm gonna, we're going to let people vent and vent their spleen tonight. Tonight's result could have been purely because of the of the inexperience in that team. In the past, it may have been about character. It may have been about the fact that they just didn't want it enough. But tonight, it seemed like uh, when the kids just didn't know what to do, there was no leadership there. And Sorensen, yes, he's a leader, but I... I, I just wonder about leaders in goals. I yeah, mean, you've got to have them on the park yeah. too. And Moy's 25 and he's trying to be the best player in the league anyway. So it's hard for him to lead by himself. So uh, it could have been tonight, just if you want a glimpse of positivity, maybe because of inexperience rather than the fact that he didn't want it enough. I think uh, as much as I, I love Melling and I think Melling is, is a great player, given that he's coming back from injury and he hasn't found his stride. I, I, one of the things I think that City sometimes struggle with is getting Moy into the game all the time. Moy sort of zones in and zones out for some reason. Even in the in the derby game, he, he, he went invisible. He, he does good things, but then they need him a lot and they don't have, they need someone else in that midfield to, to, uh, to make a, stuff happen. It's a collective, Vinny. Yeah. They either play, all play well or, or it all falls apart, so... Thanks for your call, Craig. Let's go to Joe in Preston on the What Went Wrong hotline. G'day, Joe. Welcome to yeah, the show. G'day, boys. Uh, look, uh, I think I concur with most of the other guys that have been on that the double substitution just killed the game. You, you're uh, eight minutes into the second half and you take off two players when you're dominating. Just, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, and the second point I'd like to make is, and this may be a bit of an excuse and maybe goes to the previous point about how young the team is. I think we probably have at the moment seven first-choice players that aren't playing, that are injured. 
Um, so th- I think that's really hurting the team as well. But then even those players that we've recruited, a guy like Robbie Corrin, he hardly gets on the pitch. So I think the club, whilst it's trying to improve itself and get better, I just think the decision-making all around the club is very, very average. But Joe, you know, I've been waiting for Stefan Mork for years to come good. Uh, I've just been hearing so many good things from the club, from people within the club and other people who know know Stefan Moore because they've played with him and, and they're just saying this guy's going to be something special. I've been waiting for years. And the last two games, or last three games, I've actually seen seen what they're talking about. Would you rather Mork in right now than Corrin? When you've got a young team, you've got to play Corrin. When you've got all these young players, you need a leader. Well, I mean, the energy that... In the first, I mean, this is a, this is a problem with with that argument right now. Uh, in the first half, when uh, when you know they were pressing high, City they were. I mean, the interchange of, of passing in the front third between Fornaroli, Williams, mm. Garuccio, mm. uh, Mork was as good as I've seen Hart slash City in the last five or six years. In the second half against Melbourne Victory, when they brought Mork on and Kuzminovsky, suddenly it just gave the whole the whole game energy to tell you the truth right now um, as much as I really respect your your opinion Joe and and your knowledge of the game and what you've said right now I'd go with the kids Uh, it was disappointing tonight but I think it was more about inexperience the more I think about it rather than people just throwing in the towel and and unfortunately in the past they've thrown in the towel too many times Today may have been because they had too much inexperience in that side. Having said that, I probably agree with the double yeah, substitution yeah, argument yeah. you had, though. Yeah. Thanks for your call, Joe. Really appreciate that. Some great points. Let's go to Brad in Port Melbourne. Uh, wants to talk about uh, about the players on the What Went Wrong hotline. G'day, Brad. How's it going, boys? Yeah, Good, you're mate. not bad, mate. The first thing I want to touch on, I, 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 it's probably a silly point to bring up, but um, I, I, see, I, I get frustrated sitting, sitting at the football you're watching the game, and people are shouting abuse at you to stand up and do this and do that. I couldn't give a stuff, and it just, it just pissed me off tonight that um, you know, that the, the, the sometimes the supporters are too preoccupied with what 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 other supporters are doing to watch the game. Now, the uh, first thing I'll get onto is um, um, I, I I just can't work out what happened tonight. It was like a, a tale of two halves, um, and when we come out in the second half, it was just like. The, the possession count, I don't know what the possession count was for the second half for us was, but I reckon it would have been at least 25%. We just couldn't hold the ball. And when we did, we just turned it over so easy. The other thing I wanted to bring up is, um, where's our salary cap going? I mean, you look you look, you look, look at our squad and they're all young kids. They're not going to be on a million bucks. you know. I mean, they're not going to be on... Big dollars. Where, yeah, but, the... No, no, we've got a fair few injuries at the moment, Melbourne City. I mean, the video's out right now. We've got uh, Franich out. They'd be taking a fair bit of, of the of the Zulu. slice of the cake. Zulo, uh, there's uh, Corrin, of course. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there's a few others. I don't have the list in front of me. But uh, they've got some pretty decent players who are out right now. Um, but, you know, I suppose what it, it, it is, what's disappointing about City in the past is the lameness of those moments in games or those halves or those full 90-minute games that sometimes they produce. Uh, tonight was different. I honestly believe it was because of inexperience, but it didn't help, I believe, with the coaching changes, unless there's something we don't know. As far as uh, you know, the players not 
you know, not you know, David Williams just coming back from injury. He just, he came on as a sub last week, did really well. Maybe it was planned as part of his training program that uh, that he, he goes off after you know fifty five minutes or whatever it was. So, uh, it, look, everyone, everyone, every city supporter out there has got every right to uh, to uh, be really really disappointed, um, but there might be some more some you know light at the end of the tunnel compared to how it's happened in the past. I like your positivity there, Carlos, because I agree I'm trying with to, you. I'm trying no, no, to I agree get with something. You. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. You know, you, you make some good points again. But, um, but yeah, look, I think Carlos makes some good points as well. So, hey, let, we need to take a break now. And um, don't forget, please, 942-911-16, give us a call. What went wrong hotline, uh, 942-911-16. We'll catch up with Warren Diego as well uh, very, very shortly. This is the Four Diegos on a night where Melbourne City lost 3-2 to Newcastle Jets on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Former Aussie fast bowler Jeff Thompson once said, I enjoy hitting batsmen. It doesn't worry me in the least to see a batsman hurt, rolling around screaming and blood on the pitch. Geez, cricket's a great game for kids. We are the Four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, it is the final whistle here on a Friday night. 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Newcastle Jets defeated Melbourne City 3-2. It was 2-0 at halftime. Moy and Mork uh, had scored in the first half and Melbourne City were looking uh, looking the chocolates tonight. Then Kantorowski <laughs> scored in the 58th. Trifunovic scored in the 74th and 79th minute to put uh, Melbourne City to bed, basically. 3-2 Jets, uh, well done to them. It is the What Went Wrong hotline tonight on 9429-1116. That's 9429-1116. And Steve, you've been good enough to hold. Welcome to the show. Hi, boys. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Well, how are you? I mean, obviously you're a City fan or you're just a a jubilant Victory fan bringing (laughs) in? No, no, no. I'm a City fan. I always have been. Start off with Melbourne Heart, but we seem to be seeing the same thing over and over. But is it different tonight, though, Steve? That's what I'm getting at. Ultimately, it was very disappointing that second half. I mean, at least there are no surprises. (laughs) No, there's no surprises. But but Steve, do you think it was different in any way or is it more of the same in past years? We started, reference to tonight's game, we played, we opened up really well in the first half. We played well. Um, but then I said, no, it's, it's amateur hour. When you make a double substitution, you turn it up, your players are losing their legs, and we've lost our shape. Um, I think what he had to do there is put on a, either Pardalu to take control of the midfield, because we lost our shape in the second half, and we got our coach completely, as far as from what I saw. Um, especially when he started putting Carney running through the middle. We were getting caught out, and that's where we were getting damaged. It took Williams off. There was no one tracking back. So and no, there was no one on the field to lead, keep the shape, and maintain our position. So we just got exposed, and you could see uh, the confidence of the players was dropping as, that, as the second half was progressing. You could see the third goal was coming. Yep. It was like inevitable. Mm. You could see the second part. goal was coming, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and it's happened before. It's happened many times. But but so, it, it's happened before, and the accusation's been that there was lack of effort, or not not an interest, not no no interest in actually uh, going above and beyond. But was that the case tonight, or was it because they had such a young side in who really lost their way as a collective in that second half? I mean, Aaron Moy even went quiet. I mean, there was, they, it just they couldn't get the ball off the Jets for long periods, and that. 
for me tells me yes, the shape's gone out the window, but also there's a complete they bereft of confidence in the end. But that's you know you got to you've got to pat Scott Miller on the back. Mm. That's where Vanskip got our coach. He saw the weakness in our approach and uh, the way we're performing. He adjusted his formation. They kept the shape. They kept coming at us. But the difference between a fantastic coach and a coach who does is, is about leadership. He could see that we weren't we lost our shape. He could see the boys weren't tracking back. Change your formation. Park the bus. Absorb absorb the pressure for a while. And then just get him on the counter. Like, you, and that's the thing with Melbourne City. We main, we have the same formation week in, week out. We're the easiest team to play against because everyone knows how we're going to perform, what formation we're going to come out with. He'll never. I feel a good coach is someone who can change it up as the game progresses. And if you're in danger, you've got to change your formation. And that's what a good coach does for me. Steve, can I ask you, given the, given the two subs that were made, do you feel that the two guys that came on, Decker and Gamero, were kind of like for like? Because, you know, Williams is probably more experienced. You take him off and Gamero comes on and he's been around the block and, and, and he's sort of, he's slowly rising. He hasn't quite put anything in the back of the net, but I think his time is about to come. And, and then Decker has also made a great start to the season. So in terms of trying to keep the momentum up, he's, he, he certainly did put two guys on that, that would take the game up to the, the opposition. He will. They were supposed to. But as far as, I mean, I'm concerned, <laughs> the three substitutions were completely ineffective. Um, completely ineffective, especially the last guy who came on, the young guy. Was I think was what was his name? Uh, um, uh, Miller. Miller. Yeah, Miller. That, that surprised me too. Uh, obviously, Melling's just coming back from a long, you know, long injury. And, uh, and of course, you know, when you go into your third sub... Um, you're going deep onto the bench. So Miller was on there, and, and, and actually I like Matthew Miller. I, I've seen him play a lot of youth team football. Yeah, I thought he played quite well against Perth in the FFA Cup semi-final, uh, scored a goal, and I think they've got high raps on him too. But again, you, you know, you're probably right, Steve. You've got, um, again, a kid coming on in a, in a, in a crunch, at a crunch time for the team when they needed someone who could just grab a hold of this game and just turn it around. And, uh, and obviously, they weren't able to do that. Thanks for your call, Steve. Really appreciate that. Um, look, I tell you, everyone, everyone tonight on the uh, What Went Wrong hotline, we want to take your calls, 9429-1116. Uh, Melbourne City were defeated by Newcastle Jets 3-2. It's uh, 23 minutes to 11. Sends a ball in. It's dangerous. Header on. Goal! Goal! Trefernovich! Throws his shirt off, runs to the crowd. And that's as good a note as any to uh, introduce <laughs> our uh, next uh, caller. And it's uh, Warren Diego. Warren, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Rodrigo. Thanks for keeping me on the line, boys. I'm uh, much appreciated. I've been hanging on since about well, 5 to 10, just very quietly. Well, Steve uh, was making all the points you were supposed no, to actually right. really well. <laughs> so, no, no, I can just imagine... Um, Vinny and Carlos's delight in the studio. It's almost like Mastermind. Their specialist topic is bagging Melbourne City. No, oh, oh, take it easy, if Warren. If you've really been listening, and you haven't, we've been try- I've tried to be very measured about this. Right? No, they were lame. Most of the time, they were talking. Carlos. They were impotent in that second half. Lame, impotent. They were out coached. But I thought it because it was more <laughs> inexperienced rather than the fact that they just didn't try. What were you, are, you, are you ready to divorce them like you did Liverpool many years ago for Bolton Wanderers? No, I think I'm ready to divorce you and Vinny just very quietly, <laughs> So what would you think, Warren? What would you think? Well, I just, you know, in all honesty, 
in all honesty, if you actually look back at what they've actually had to do over the last 14 days... Oh, you're kidding. You're not going to say they played too many games of football. They fatigued, Carlos. Simple (laughs) as that. As you will fatigue later on in the second hour from, uh, <laughs> from, from, from talking, By the way, talking whatever, I just think it was a it was a situation of fatigue, and they lacked they lacked they lacked quality at the moment. I mean, as much as they've looked to to add depth in terms of young talent, and there's no doubt they've done that, they just simply lacked lacked experienced talent in terms of replacements on the on the field when. Aaron Moy, who, and he's pivotal in all this, but if you actually have a look at his travel regime, again, with the Socceroos and coming back and then being a replacement. Here we go. Woe is me. Come on. No, Vinny. Vinny, that's fine. (laughs) Warren, you know, you're conveniently forgetting that they actually completely outplayed Newcastle in that first half, played some of the most exhilarating stuff that I've seen Hart slash City play in, in throughout the whole existence of the club, and halftime break, and they come out they're a different side. That's not fatigue. That's no, mental. That's mental deficiency of some sort. Can I, <laughs> Jeez, can you're, I, you're skirting around it as well. No, I'm not skirting. No, around no, it at Carlos all. is. Well, Carlos is Carlos? actually on your side, Warren. Oh, and, and you're, he's... Back on, you're back on your specialist topic, Vinny. I know that. Uh, look. Can I just say, you would have been happy with Hoffman's performance. Oh, actually, he doesn't, he doesn't play for you either. Sorry. I'm pleased well, for Jason Hoffman, by the way. Aren't you too. pleased for him, Warren? He was pleased for himself, Carlos, <laughs> just very quietly. He didn't need us being pleased for him. But of course, Jason Hoffman, one of the um, foundation, foundation players, yeah. players uh, in the end, uh, surplus to requirements last well, year. He was uh, asked to leave. He's at Newcastle, his hometown club. Dying for the game tonight. In the first half, of course, uh, it was his deflection that got the first goal for, mm. for Moy. And, uh, and he got a yellow card quite early too. So I thought he was going to have one of those nights. But second half, he was actually very, very good for them. Yeah, at this stage, I'm struggling to realise why I've actually come on with you guys just very quietly. But, uh, <laughs> it's fun for us, Warren. Yeah. So, so Warren, are, are you about to rant about them or are you actually going to go softly, softly no, with them? No, no, I'm, I'm still glass half full with Melbourne City, Carlos. So look... The, the only thing that I'd say, I mean, for all that you can say about being outcoached and the substitutions, and look, I think fatigue and, and a few injuries caught up with them today with regards to the way they played. The question mark around what you said as mental fr- fragility is, is still there because if we, go through, if we go through the games they've already played this season, you know, they dominated Melbourne, uh, they dominated Sydney in the first half and then really struggled and were lucky to hang on in the second half. You know, in the but they had game, kids then too. They did have kids, yep. but still, they probably they, they had Robert Corrin playing in that side, and they had a little bit more experience, I would say. Second game, you know, they struggle against against victory. Get back to two two, and then concede a goal late in the game when you would have thought, at the very least, they can hang on. Warren, today was sorry to interrupt you. Today was the opposite of the that victory derby in that they were the ones that clawed themselves out of the hole in the derby and nearly won it late in, late in the game. And today, late in the game, maybe the last four minutes, they were looking a little bit uh, dangerous and deadly, but uh, they kind of capitulated, and, and that sort of mental steel is, is certainly lacking. No, there's no doubt, Vinny. There's no doubt. I mean, you've often accused me of lacking that mental stability <laughs> and uh, steel, and maybe the teams I support lack that. But there <laughs> it's is... It's you, Warren. <laughs> there, yeah, there is a common denominator. Look... Unfortunately, and this is the biggest 
thing. And I think Jurgen Klopp actually summarised this really well for Liverpool fans. <laughs> is even when they're in front, even when they're in front, when they concede a goal, there's like a collective um, anxiety. Well, you're going to blame the fans now, the, the fans. city fans. No, I'm not blaming the fans, Carlos. I'm saying that we can all feel it because at two nil. Newcastle score the next goal, it's almost like the next team to score and the team that's going to go on and win is Newcastle. Now, Warren, you've got the right, because you're a City supporter. Yeah, I am. You've got the right to actually say what you actually think here on behalf of the City fans. This was a different team to what's played in the past and been disappointing. They're better. They're they're a different team. Um, You know, they, they had different preparation, different owners. But there's, there's got to be some constants that lead to this lameness and this lack of, you know, the, you know, this mental fragility that we're talking about. Do you blame anyone person or group of people there at the club that, uh, that might be, you might feel are responsible for the fact that they have these moments every now and again? Remember, Andrew Redmayne no longer <laughs> plays for them. I think you have to, I think, I think you have to, you look directly at the coach. I mean... I'm not going to skirt around the issue that ultimately the coach is responsible for the way the players play, good and bad. And the simple fact of the matter is that John Van Skip coaches a, a lovely game. They pass beautifully. They link up well. It's a little bit methodical and it's a little bit the same way. And is there a sense that he can do things differently when he needs to based on the current results or where they sit in the game? There's certainly a sense that he can't do that or that the team can't do that. But you know as well as I do, Carlos, is good teams are about sensing the moment on the park and actually doing something about it themselves. And, and that goes to, to maturity and leadership. And I, where do they look for in that? They've got their captain, um, Kisnorbo, who I don't know whether he provides that. He does that in a physical sense, but in a presence, I'm not sure. Outside of that, they've brought in Robert Corrin, who I think they probably would have felt would have been at Aaron Moy-like potential and he just doesn't get on the park enough and he doesn't put his stamp on games and then you know outside of that I think Ivan Franich would have been somebody that they would have looked to and he's injured and I think the thing that frustrates me is players getting injured in pre-season not being able to to be ready for the start of season I don't understand that with the longest pre-season in you know the game's history so look is it any one person's fault I'd love to blame you, Carlos, but I can't have <laughs> no. way. Now, Warren, but, um, Warren, um, yes. I've been sitting here quietly, and I just can hear the sadness in your voice, and, yeah, and it's actually yeah. breaking my heart. But um, I'm pacing around, I'm pacing around at home yeah. now, and yeah, it's, it's a real struggle. <laughs> no, I'm no, saying. look, well. Let, let's 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 terminate this call now because you you are you're beside yourself and I, I've heard I've heard you cry before many yeah. times. So yeah. um, and I, you owe me two bottles of wine now. And, and, and besides, we, we need to go to a break. So thanks for your time, Warren Diego. We know it must have been very hard for you to pick up the phone and actually talk to your brothers, but uh, um, always. Can good I give to you hear. one guarantee, Rodrigo? Yeah. I'll is it, this and is this, it a horse race? No, no, oh. it's not a horse race because I'm not sending you my tips tomorrow. Remember how I went Derby Day last year, but you're not getting them just very quietly. No, seriously, do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you now, and I'm making a statement, I'm not divorcing City, but I tell you what, 
I'm not spending two hours in the studio with Carlos and Vinny if victory win on Monday night. That is for sure. Yes, you are. And so I'm not coming in. I've right. seen it. You, no, I've you seen have... it. I'm not coming in. All right. We'll, we'll see. You will. Hey, thanks, Warren. Um, go to no bed worries. and we'll talk to you soon. There's Warren okay. Diego, uh, Melbourne City. Um, probably, I think he's a 501 ticket holder. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, so let's, <laughs> let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Don't you dare touch me. Stand back. Why can't the Four Diegos coach the Australian women's soccer team? Trust us, we're the Four Diegos. On 11.16 SEM, the Four Diegos. It is the final whistle here on 11.16 SCN with the Diegos. Newcastle's Jets defeated uh, Melbourne City 3-2. And uh, Kandorowski scored for Antrofinovic scored for uh, the Newcastle Jets. Aaron Moy and Stefan Mork scored in the first half. They did all their work in the first half, and unfortunately, that wasn't enough. But uh, a lot of the talk tonight has been about the double substitution, and uh, we will catch up with Michael Zapponi very, very soon. But uh, on Fox Sports tonight, he asked uh, John Vanskip about that double substitution. David was gone. <coughs> David, we knew an hour maybe he had in his game, so we, we had to. Uh, change him, uh, Steve. The same story, young boy. So we we changed him in for uh, for Wadey. Uh, fresh, fresh legs. We needed at that moment fresh legs. So yeah, it didn't turn out the way we wanted, and uh, that's uh, that's uh, of course well, you want to change it, but it didn't happen. Yes, and there's uh, John Van Skip answering uh, Michael's opponent's always very hard hitting questions. Uh, Michael from Fox Sports, and also our very own uh, SEN man, um, Michael. Welcome to the show. Good evening, gentlemen. Yes. Did, did he give you the uh, the tough stare when you asked that question, Michael? <laughs> <Did> not... <laughs> he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy after the game, and uh, you can understand why. It was a capitulation of the greatest uh, degree. Uh, I haven't seen anything like it in a long, long time, and unfortunately, it was like the Melbourne heart of old, the Melbourne heart that we uh, were used to years ago. And, you know, there's been so much expectation around Melbourne City uh, or Melbourne Heart Mark Two and... Last year, we forgave them to a degree because, um, you know, they had a bit of time to, to build this new club and and uh, build the squad. But this year, I think, you know, it's, it, time is going to run out for excuses. And uh, there have been injuries, and it is a young list. Um, but the mentality, there's some, there seems something wrong with the, with the mentality at the club where they just can't hold on or, or, or don't have that winning mentality that uh, that we see in successful clubs. Zappers, uh, Vinny here, did you offer JVS the opportunity to answer in Dutch because <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he didn't want to use English? <laughs> well, I tell you, I was going to talk to Milos Trivunovic yeah. after the game and I had a couple of words to him and I quickly assessed the situation and I thought, nah, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a Bruno Rolli. Are, are, are you putting feelers out now saying how good's their English? Because we worry, the Diego's are genu- genu- genuinely worried for you. I did with Bruno, and Bruno gave me a few words in English last week. I thought, yeah, no, that sounds good. Let's, let's give it a crack. But, uh, <laughs> but you did so uh, well, Zappa. Uh, Milos is still, uh, still working on it, I think. So yeah. uh, he was very good tonight, uh, Drunovic, and uh, 
took his goal well, could have had a couple more. He was very good against victory, I thought, as well. It just didn't take his chances. So, uh, he's a handy pickup for uh, Scott Miller. I think uh, the tragedy, we were, we've been talking uh, to this evening and the lack of the seeming lack of leadership. And, and the tragedy, I think, for City is, is the, the guy that's sort of consistently stepping up at the moment is Fornaroli, and he can't speak a word of English to, to galvanise the boys when, when, when the team needs it. You look at, you know, and you look at successful clubs over the years in the A-League and, and I'll, I'll point to, the, you know, Melbourne City fans will hate me doing this, but point to Melbourne victory. Mm. You look at their current team, best upper issue, you would not find a more competitive player in in the A-League. Uh, early days, Kevin Musket and, and what he brings to that side as a player, what he brought to that side. Now, as a coach, what he brings to that side, that winning mentality, win-at-all-cost mentality is is divisive. But it is a successful formula. It's a successful part of their DNA. And I just don't see it in Melbourne City's DNA yet. Zappers, it's Carlos. Um, do you, I mean, we keep on referring back to the games where it looked like they throw in the towel. I mean, it happens, it's happened time and time again over, since the inception of Melbourne City, Melbourne Heart. And, you know, I just wonder whether tonight was a little bit different in that there was there was a lot of kids on that ground tonight, and uh, and as much as we like to, you know, talk about Stephen Moore, you know, going from boy to man in the last three games, and and you know uh, we've got you know the, the likes of Retre, who's been very very impressive this year, Chapman, uh, Garuccio, I think in that first half was probably his best game that he's played for for Melbourne City since he's come to the club. Stephen Mork, we've been waiting for this guy, you know, everyone, great raps on him for years and, and suddenly in the last couple of games we're seeing him, but all these guys are 22 and under. There was a lot of them on the pitch at the same time tonight. Do you see some positivity, the fact that, that maybe it was inexperienced rather than a lame effort from throwing in the towel that could have led to a result like this? Yeah, uh, look, I, I heard you talk about that earlier and mm-hmm. the fact that they uh, have got a lot of really good young players is promising for the future of the club. But is this a club that wants to be successful in three or four years or do they want to be successful today? I get the sense that Melbourne City fans want success this season, not in three seasons from now. So... There needs to be a balance. So when you look at the, the players who weren't playing tonight, Aaron Hughes, an experienced defender, brought to the club, injured. Uh, Ivan Franjic, injured. Michael Zulo, injured. Eric Parts flew out of favour. Robbie Corrin, injured. These are all big-name players that were first 11 players. When they sat down at the start of the season, they had those players in their first 11. So for one reason or another, and you can't put it all down to bad luck, they're not playing at the moment. So for me, there's, there's something wrong. Mm. Uh, and those players need to be there. You need to have that mixture. I agree 100%. Stefan Mork was outstanding tonight. So was Ben Garucho. But you cannot rely on 20-year-olds to win you a title. So there needs to be that balance. Uh, Zappers, just very quickly, was JVS saying anything in particular to them at ground level during the game in the second half? Geez, it all happened pretty quickly. I was sitting next to Scott Miller so, and, and uh, John Paul Demarity and, uh, and uh, you know, you could just feel the, the momentum. As soon as that half kicked off, Miller was up and, and, and at his players. And as soon as that half kicked off, uh, it, it looks like they were playing in fast-forward mode when you compare to the way they were playing in, in, 
you know, when you fast forward a game and you want to watch the highlights and on time six, that's what they were doing in the second half. It was time six and, <laughs> and Melbourne City were just uh, uh, just in their shell and uh, they didn't know how to cope with it. And uh, John Van Schip was, was disappointed with, uh, with, the, with the refereeing decision and I, and I think, he, you know, he was, uh, there was that uh, penalty decision, which he disagreed with. He was, he was getting at the referees, but... I didn't pick up any specific instructions to his players uh, during that second half period. It was uh, they were shell shocked, and uh, so were the fans, and, and the players looked shell shocked as well, and just didn't know how to respond. Hey Zappers, as always, mate, we really appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the great work on uh, Fox Sports. We, we discovered you, so as the <laughs> we're, we're, very, we're very, very proud of you. So uh, keep up the keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Oh, I remember those days, the sunshine market. The sunshine. How's the sunshine market going? I think it's been burnt yeah, down, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate your time. There's uh, Michael Zapani from Fox Sports. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Football is like a religion to me. I worship the ball and treat it like a god. Too many players think of a football as something to kick. They should be taught to caress it and treat it like a precious gem. This has been a hot and sweaty but strangely arousing Pelé moment by the Four Diegos. Welcome to the final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. With the four Diegos, we've been talking about the Newcastle Jets versus Melbourne City game at uh, Amy Park. And uh, it was 2-0 at halftime in favour of the uh, hometown team, Melbourne City. But in the end, it was Newcastle Jets 3, Melbourne City 2. Aaron Moy and Stefan Mork scored in the first half. And uh, we thought it was done and dusted then. And maybe the players of Melbourne City did too. <laughs> because then Ben Kantorovsky scored a lovely header. Milos Trifunovic scored a penalty. And then he scored another one with his head in... Um, in the 79th minute to put Melbourne City away. There are about 7,200 people That's at Amy too. Park. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we didn't talk about that in the no, first hour. No, no. But, um, yeah, so Newcastle Jets go to the top of the table for a little while, of course, and, uh, you know, you've got to hand it to them tonight. They uh, they did a fantastic job in this second half. The uh, the hotline tonight is the What Went Wrong hotline <laughs> on 94291116. Got some great calls in the first uh, hour. We had Warren Diego um, sobbing uh, in in the handset as he was talking to us, and we spoke with Michael Zapponi as well. Um, getting some great text messages as well on 0433981116. Just quickly, before we go to some callers here, um, Luke, here's, we thought uh, you asked a very poignant question. With the lack of tactical input in the second half to his players, is this the sort of performance that could get JVS sacked, Luke? You know, it may well. He won't get sacked no. from this performance because that's not how the city group work. Um, they'll make sure that you know he, he. They'll make sure he's not the right man for the job before they do it. Right? They, they won't be speculating. If stuck by him all this time, they won't. They won't do it on this occasion. But it won't be the lack of tactical input that's the issue here. Uh, it's whether the players will lose faith. And that's the big issue he has because um, this has happened time and time and time again. Just when you think they're coming good, Melbourne City, they'll have these halves or these moments in games or these, these, these quite big slices of games where you know suddenly they look like they're ment- ment- mentally fragile and, and they don't want to play or they, they want to toss a, toss a towel in. And I think... If the players start believing that John Van Ship 
doesn't know what he's doing or he can't get them up and he loses a change room, that's his big problem. At the moment, I don't think that's the case. But if, you know, if they keep on having these moments or these games, uh, it certainly might lead to that. He might just rock up Monday and say, like, you know, feed income in Dutch and leave. He must be pulling his hair out. Yeah. He's, he's a good man. He's, he's a good gaffer. Yeah. But, and he's, he's just going around in circles with, with this group of people, with, yeah. with this team. With, not necessarily this team, but his experiences at Melbourne City have been less rewarding than he had he he and the fans have hoped. But Vinny, you know, they they have had some good moments. Moments, this season. Carlos. No, they've had the first yeah. game against Sydney with the yeah. young team. They did very well up there. They should have gone after last week's performance. This is like a fall from the top of the tree. Yeah, but the thing is, the first half they were great too, Vinny. So you've got to give the guy if you're going to sack him. I'm not going to sack him. No, I don't no, want no. Him but if people are going to call for his head for the second half, well, you've got to give him credit for the first half mm. then. And you've got to give him credit for last week's performance. You've got to give him credit for the second half where he made those changes against victory and he looked like a super coach there. So if you're going to go, if you're going to, go to coach's head... I'm not going to go his head. No, no, I'm right? not saying you. No, no, but I'm, I'm not going to go his head. There calling for his head. No, Luke, 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 Luke just asked the question. No, no, that's, <laughs> and I think it's a good talking point. Yeah. I think that everyone out there should be asking that question. But if you, you've got to give the guy credit for when they play well and they, and they have played... In, in, in patches well this season, uh, as if you're going to give him the criticism for, for when, they've gone, when they've gone haywire too. I don't want to pick on City, but the game last week against Mariners, that was all over the shop. Like the Mariners yeah. and, and, and City like were playing football yeah. like 16-year-olds. Yeah. It was exciting football. Yeah, yeah, it was high yeah. tempo, but there was no shape or structure to that either. Yeah. So, True. But coming off that game, they would be gutted. And they've been, you know... They've been in the hole before, and they they sort of get a little bit out of it, but then they fall back yeah. down it, and and I don't know, I don't know what the formula is for City. Look, John off John in Port Melbourne uh, from obviously from the Bureau of Meteorology uh, might need to redo <laughs> that weather forecast. Storm clouds gathering over La Trobe University. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, it might be there might be a storm tomorrow. Uh, John, thanks for that. Um, 942-9-11-16, that is the What Went Wrong hotline. We've got some interesting calls in the first hour. And John from Edith Vale wants to talk about uh, how he feels about Melbourne City. John, thanks for holding on and welcome to the show. Good evening, gentlemen. Yes, good evening. Hi, John. <laughs> how am I? Yep. You're good? disgusted. <laughs> half full. Your bottle's, bottle's so going to be half full. Tell us what you think, John. Okay, there's, seri- there's a serious problem at Melbourne City. A malaise. All right. They lack leadership. Now, you can have all the money in the world. You can't buy leadership. John, can I just interrupt you? Because uh, pre-show, I was saying to Carlos, someone like Super Tim Cahill would get bums on seats at that club anyway, and he's the sort of character that would demand uh, people stepping up and staying in the game mentally because that's what he, he does with the Socceroos. Is that what you need? Well... We need someone in the changing rooms and on the field and on the bench as well to lead. Now, tonight we failed in on the bench, on the field, and obviously in the dressing room as well. Now, we've brought in um, Sorensen as a keeper, but not only as a keeper, but to, um, to address issues in the dressing room, right? Because we've got a bunch of young kids here at the moment and everything like that. So we need some experience there. But it's just not working. 
not working. It hasn't worked for the last three, four years. It's the same story. Now, Diego, you mentioned about, okay, well, there was a lot of kids on the park, this and that, but at the end of the day, results are results. You can't be 2-0 up at home to the Jets and then lose 3-2. And all credit to the Jets. They played fantastic in that second half. They should have won 4-2. Right, but it's just unacceptable. And as City's fans, look, I'm not even angry anymore. I'm just over it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the same thing week in, week out, season in, season out. And it all started from the derby where Van Schip, he didn't, pre- pre- he didn't prep the team properly in the first half. Right? You've got to have your team, like, dropping at the mouth when you come out for a derby. Right? Like, it looked like kids in... It looked like lost kids in the park. And then they went over to Perth, and then in Perth he didn't even bring over a good team. Look, I understand with the injuries and all that, but people got to learn to step up. You're playing the man's game, okay? So you can't use the excuse about inexperience and this and that. We're in we're in a actual competition where it's it's all about results. You have to win, right? Now we can't keep going on like this. We can't keep reading. The same story, week in, week out, because at the end of the day, it's not acceptable. Now, Will, I'm a member, been a member for the last couple of years. You pay your money, and you just, I'm over it. I'm over it. Now, John, all with all that, now, I think I'm the Diego you're referring to, Carlos. Um, Amongst all that, the thing that concerns me the most is when you say you're over it, because exasperation right now, um, if that leads to not caring anymore or being indifferent about City, that, that's a concern because there are only 7,000 people there tonight and I'm not sure what their membership numbers are right now. And it's their own fault, by the way, because if you're not going to win consistently or at least when you're losing, you lose by kicking and screaming, you're going to lose people. Uh, so, John, all I can say to you is stick with them. Um, the, the issue about, you know, you know, prior to the derby, you should have the players frothing at the mouth and all that sort of stuff. Well, you, you wouldn't have seen a better half of football than you saw in the first half tonight, really. From the, from the Melbourne City team, with that young side, the way they played in the first half tonight, their high-pressing game, the interchange of passing, the, the, the speed of movement, the diagonal runs, Fornarelli, uh, Williams, Garuccio, Mork in that first half were terrific. And, uh, and I mean, if you're going to give him credit for that... Um, and, you know, and then you talk about the substitutions. Well, against victory, he brought on the two young kids in that second half and he changed the game. So if you're going to give people, if you're going to criticise a coach, you've got to give him credit for those other moves too. And it hasn't been week in, week out this season. It's actually been, you know, in, in different times, in different games, which is disappointing enough. Uh, I suppose what I'm, what I'm saying to the City fans out there, uh, just have a look at how they lost tonight is it any different to when they were really poor and throwing in the towel in the past? Or is it purely inexperience, which they'll get better at doing? Now, whether John Van Skip is the right man for the job, well, that's up to the City group to work out. Uh, but if he's losing the players in the change room because they're, they're losing faith, that's going to be the bigger problem, I think. That's right. Thanks for your call, John. Really appreciate that. Uh, Daniel off the SMS. That's pretty funny. Can we get these Richmond supporters off, for God's sake? <laughs> uh, let's, I thought that was very good. Um, let's go to John in Mooney Ponds on the What Went Wrong hotline tonight after Newcastle Jets defeated Melbourne City 3-2. G'day, John. Welcome to the show. G'day, guys. Uh, good evening. Good evening. G'day. Um, I'm, I think uh, Jets love, would love to play against... Uh, the Melbourne teams uh, every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Two games, uh, six points. 
Look, as a um, victory member, it's nice to see the result. But as a football fan, guys, the way you talk about Melbourne City, it's like someone said before, it's like going back three, four years ago. Um, the last caller, and I'm not, you know, I might see this through victory uh, glasses, but it's a club with no leadership. Um, if you can give me a couple of minutes, I'll give you a couple a uh, couple points. Last week there was an article in the paper, Kiznorbo being put on notice, Partalu being put on notice. Is it why is Partalu being put on notice? Is because he's outspoken, because there's no leadership in the in the in the team. I mean, Vince, I know a couple of uh, my friends who went to um, Melbourne City um, from Victory in the early days. They are absolutely frustrated. There is no winning culture. Um, he dropped six players to go over there. Silverware is silverware. Um, the derby, there was very little supporters from Melbourne City. I disagree with you guys about victory, the derby game. I think up to the 60th minute, it was like a semi-final from um, last year. Bazanic and Valeri and a couple other guys started showboating and Moy, and Moy took control. Now... If Moy goes in January, they're finished. It's a club that doesn't stand for anything. And it's, it's disappointing, as much as you might not believe me as a victory. I want, I want some stiff competition. I want derbies to be passionate. I want derbies to be passionate like in Sydney. There is no passion at our derbies. There's 7,000 people today. When, is, when are the upper stands for Melbourne City going to be open? The club doesn't stand for anything. I mean, two weeks ago, I read an article before the derby which was written by Michael Lynch. Melbourne City had their season launch at National Gallery, and there was a street poet there. What were they doing? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys, seriously. Yeah, look, John, right and now... Yeah, right he, now, he was an right, angry street yeah, poet, yeah, John. Yeah, he was yeah. an angry street poet. <laughs> he, he tore up some of the art. Now, now John, it's very hard to argue against anything you've said. Absolutely can't argue about anything you said. And as a Victory fan, your measured comments I listen to. Right, um, he's right know, about Moy too. Look, if Moy goes in January, I, I hate to think what's going to happen to that team because uh, if you're talking about any sort of leadership at the moment with the way he plays, they do show it. So, but it's a great call there, John. I think uh, it's very difficult right at this point in time, and also with what they've dished up uh, at different times in the last couple of years, let alone this year, uh, to argue against what John said. And he's a and he's a, a victory fan too, wanting the best for Victorian football. Yeah, it's good to hear. Mm. Thanks, John. I appreciate your call. Can I just say that I think the derby last year, this, the second one um, at Amy Park, I thought that they, they had mongrel in that one and Malling sort of Vinny, showed up for that they're one. They're but selective in their mongrelness. No, that's fine. No, no, I, I agree it's with you. It's selective mongrelness. There, there, there is no consistency yeah, and, and I agree with John that they, they don't, it, it should be day in, day out and, and you go even, you lift even more for, for a Melbourne derby. Let's look at your team. You're, yep. an, you're an unabashed victory. Unabashed. Right? You go through their team. Danny Vukovic hates losing. Del Pierre hates losing. Valeri. Valeri hates, hates losing. It. Hates it. Uh, Bazanic hates losing. Barisha. Barisha hate the spine. Milligan oh, left because he couldn't. Yeah, the, the prospect of possibly losing uh, was upsetting. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> These guys hate losing. Ben Kalfala loves but, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he loves losing, doesn't he? I mean, they, they're full of blokes who hate losing, and it's in their DNA, mm. right? 
Musket doesn't have to yell and scream or talk about winning but he mentality. Does. He still does. But he hates he lose, losing yeah, too. Absolutely. So, and suddenly the kids around, all the little kid, kiddies, if they're in that in that in that environment and they come in loving losing, <laughs> they'll start, they'll soon start hating losing. Right? <laughs> this is the difference. Do you understand what I'm saying, Rodrigo? Almost. Almost. I, I reckon. The difference is you look at man for man. They're they're, they're built differently. Victory boys, and the uh, and and the and the city boys. The, the coaching staff take a different approach in both clubs. Yep. And it's very clear that you get the victory fans who sometimes criticise their players and their team, but they don't ever criticise them for looking lame or playing lame football. When was the last time we accused Melbourne victory throwing in the towel? Oh, can't remember. I can't remember. Okay, And I'm not saying City threw in the towel tonight. They certainly played without... Any, they were bereft of confidence. Jim Jilton might have been in the picture yeah, the yeah, last Jim, time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, but they still, <laughs> I still, I still don't believe they threw in the towel mm. at that time. That is the difference, and I think fans can tolerate it when it looks like they're spilling blood, uh, and, and even if they lose and play badly, Mehmet Mehmet Drakovic. Uh, yeah, well, days, yeah, that, that was yeah. yeah. But I still don't reckon they were accused of throwing in the towel ever. They just played poorly. Yep, absolutely. Spot on by this caller. Get South Melbourne in now and have a proper derby. It's embarrassing, this city stuff. Uh, that's coming off the text message. Hey, let's take a break now. We'll come back with more of the final whistle after the break. And uh, Rocky and Churnside Park, stick around because we'll get to you straight after this break on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Ex-Aston Villa striker Dalian Atkinson began his career in Turkish footy by having sheep's blood daubed over his forehead. Dalian's club Fenerbahce traditionally slaughter a sheep on the pitch and smear the players' foreheads with its blood, believing that this improves their chance of slaughtering the opposition. Geez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. Check it out now, the flunk soul brother. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Get out now. Yeah, the Diego's getting down here on a Friday night. I like Pedro the, on the uh, panel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're having fun. They're having fun. Yes. Friday yes. night. We give uh, them license. Mm. Yes, we have many Pedros on the panel. This guy loves his little, uh, I don't know, is this disco? Well, is it? No, it's not it's, disco. It's, it's, mod, modern, it's modern disco. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, now you just lost. Yeah. Can you, the Pedro, kudos we had gained. Can you find some disco inferno for me and play it in the background? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. The seventeen-minute version. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's more more relevant extended, to the, the, to the age de- demographic. Yeah. But uh, yes, um, final whistle here on the Diego's on SEN. Um, it's uh, it was three-two tonight. Newcastle Jets defeated uh, Melbourne City two-nil uh, at halftime. Melbourne City, and uh, this was going to be a very different show tonight. But then uh, we were twelve minutes away from us celebrating, Vinny. Yeah. Yes. No, no, it was, no, oh, no. No, no, it was probably more 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, another sport just quickly um, tonight uh, in the NBL at the uh, Qantas Credit Union Arena. Sydney Kings defeated uh, Townsville Crocs 87-78. to 78, A good win to the Sydney Kings. And in the Sheffield Shield, I'm always very interested in the uh, cricket at the MCG. <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh, I am. You know that I am. Um, I like cricket. I know you do. <laughs> Victoria at Stumps were none for 38 in their second innings. Can you believe they require 190 to win the first match of the season because Queensland, who made 440-odd in the uh, yep. first innings, were bowled out for 103. So the Vicks could pick up the points uh, uh, in the first game of the Sheffield Shield. The time-honoured Are you, ex- are you excited Shield. about that? I am. Uh, I love the Sheffield yeah, yeah. Shield. Yeah, I used to listen to it yeah. uh, all the yeah, time. Yeah, Let's yeah. hope they don't make a double substitution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they did. One of the guys they substitute made 200. Oh, um, went well for them. So it can anyway. work. Yeah, Finchie. 
This could be a different show if yeah. you want it to be. <laughs> All right, uh, 94291116, it is the What Went Wrong hotline, and Rocky has been very patient, and we need Rocky from Churnside Park because he wants to put some perspective onto the discussion we've been having tonight. G'day, Rocky. Thanks hey, for holding, and welcome to the show. How you going, boys? Yeah, very well. I think we're reading a little bit too much in it, into it, to tell you the truth. We're only four games into the actual A-League season. Yeah, Rocky, we've got a two-hour show. We've got to fill in somehow, <laughs> mate. So give us some perspective. Come on, guys. Yeah. There's four games in. Okay, tell us. They've, tell... they've, they've come off a three-game in nine days and backed it up with a Friday night. Yeah. So you're happy, Rocky? Look, as much as I'm disappointed, but you've got to look at it from everything. Their first 45 minutes are unbelievable, good. And then, in my eyes, they just got tired. It's, it's a lot in the first part of the season with the FFA Cup and everything. And I, I just put down to being tired towards the end. But, yeah, but Rocky, and now. by the way, I, I like to, I've, I've tried to actually be a little bit as much balanced as possible tonight. Uh, but, you know, you've got to also respect the caller's uh, views also. Um, but the problem, the problem with what you're saying is that they were pretty poor, really, from the first minute of the second half. It's not like they, they they fell away towards the end of the game, maybe at the 70th or 80th minute. Newcastle came out a different side, and City were really pedestrian in that second half from the first minute. So I just wonder how much of it was mental also. I don't deny that you know, there'll be some fatigue in there, especially with the kids, but, uh, but I, I, just want, I just wonder whether there's you know, that, mental, that mental strength that you're looking for in the side, even when they're tired, whether you, we saw any of that tonight. No, so Rocky's, uh, Rocky's he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, no, he's gone. He waited and then just went. No, I'm still oh, no, there. no, still there. There you are. Yeah. Good to hear you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, we thought we'd uh, we all thought we'd have a conversation with you, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I've got all the time in the world. Um, <laughs> definitely agree with the mental part. Like it's just not, yeah, you know, not acceptable for A League standard or any standards in professional sports. But then again, injuries, kids, kids are eighteen years old. Like you said, under twenty two years old playing A-League soccer and they're backing up three, four games within two weeks. It's going to play a toll. Yep. Rocky, I, I, I see that too, but really, you're saying that uh, you're not putting your best squad up. You, you build, you've got a squad that in two or three years is going to kill kill it and, and, and do damage, but in the meantime, we're just happy to, to take these peaks and troughs. not saying that we haven't put the best squad up, but you look at the players that are out injured... And when you got the young players with these players, experienced players that are injured, all in the one side together, once they get that formula together, they still haven't put a, a starting 11 side together that's been starting 11 for the last four games in the league. They're still trying to find that starting 11 with these injuries. Now, I think you're right, Rocky. Eh? With, with, with Melbourne Victory, you got the starting 11 every week. And you forget Newcastle did knock off Melbourne Victory last week. Yeah, I think no, the no, pro- I, I, I honestly think I think the problem that uh, Rocky that City have got is unfortunately their issues have been long standing. So there's not much patience and tolerance for it. I mean, there's a, there's a great text message that's come through: no Franich, no Hughes, no Zulo, no Corin, no Pardalu, no Navilia, Navio. There's no uh, Gamero, or he's just come back after 12 months. So it's easy to criticise when their best team's not out there. And that's absolutely true. But unfortunately, City have got no credits in the bank. So therefore, there's very little tolerance 
for the pers- uh, the perspective you're talking about, unfortunately. Thanks for your call, Rocky. Really appreciate it. Um, I, I, I do. There is um, sus- some perspective that uh, needs yeah. to be had in this discussion. I think I think uh, Melbourne City supporters know that. Just the frustration of tonight because, you know, the, the three points were, all, were already banked. And uh, yeah. in the end, it was the Jets who now find themselves on top of the A-League table uh, leading into the weekend. And it so could have been Melbourne City. It could have been Melbourne mm. City. And the, look, credit to the supporters that have, that continue to to show up and because it is it would be very hard being a city supporter because it's like a roller coaster and it was really I've got to say for such a big game and it's a beautiful night in Melbourne tonight I know there's uh, you know spring carnival and stuff happening but seven thousand people at the game tonight hmm. that's really poor that's really really poor it is it is disappointing hmm. I you know and. The, the, I'm not, not, not blaming the fans. I mean, if the, if the team was a, was a winning team, you'd expect that that would be higher. But really, that's, that's year one. Well, year, sorry, uh, first year Melbourne Heart type uh, attendances. Well, when I was, I was watching the game tonight, and, and I did think about the crowd in the first half, and I thought, this is what they've got to do to put some bums on seats. You mm. know? So people watching this game, the 7,000 that were there tonight will go back next week. They, these are the core supporters. Mm. They're going back at week in, week out. But it's the people on TV in Melbourne, because there's still a lot of people that, that you know, uh, are kind of on the fence watchers. You know, they're watching just from afar at the moment. They're not Melbourne Victory supporters. Um, they're just, you know, Melbourne City's ready for the taking. Here's a hypothetical for you both. We saw Hume City on the week uh, during the week. You know, uh, they worked themselves to a semi semi-final spot in the FFA Cup, right? They what? They drew six thousand to the yep. game. It was their home game on, uh, and of course, a lot of those were Melbourne Victory fans. If Hume City were in the A League right now, just say Frank Lowy turned around and say, "Okay, Wellington out, Hume City in." <laughs> would Hume City get more than six thousand or seven thousand people to an A League game if they were playing regularly? Because that would be a blight on Melbourne City if a team like Hume City could come in, or I think South Melbourne certainly would get 6,000 people. Um, you know, Heidelberg probably would get more than 6,000 people. Um, it's just not good enough after six years of being in the competition, um, and now they should have an unlimited marketing budget. It's not good enough that they're getting 7,000 people in a game where they could have gone top of the ladder if they had won. I will say one thing in City's favour, which is a reason why I would go see them, is I'd want to see Moy because I think he's just outstanding. And Fornaroli is also really impressive. And I love watching him. And even when they're doing it tough, Fornaroli's work rate and physicality and capacity to to just turn and face goal with the ball is fantastic. No no doubt, Vinny, but they weren't there though. The, they weren't. They weren't getting service that no, much. No, no, but people weren't there tonight. Oh no, no, yeah, the, for Moy yeah. and for Naroli. So they I, should I, have asked me. For me, that's a real disappointment. Even yeah. before the game started, and I saw that in the crowd. So no, it's definitely disappointing. Yeah. And like you said, a beautiful night, mm. seven thousand people. Um, you know, Newcastle's playing well too. You know, it's not as if they, you know, they were playing a, an average team. No. It, it it would have been. It would have been. I was expecting ten thousand tonight. Yeah. But anyway. Um, they lost three-two uh, tonight, and uh, you know Aaron Moy and uh, Stefan Mork scored in the first half. Then Kantorowski and Trifunovic scored uh, twice uh, in the second half to for them to win three-two. Uh, Carlos, when was the last time City won ugly with guts? Never. So I think that was agreeing uh, with what uh, you were saying before. Hi guys, good show as always. Halloween came early for City. Went to the game very disappointed. A nightmare second half. When will City have that killer instinct? That's Pete in Bandura. It's, yeah. it's pretty, pretty it's much a, it's been a pers- the theme. That's a personnel issue. 
Yep. You, you don't. You can't teach it. You can't ask for it in the media. You can't employ your team to have mental strength. You, they've got to have it or they don't have it. And what you've got to do in your stock take at the end of the season, you go through the list and say, Rodrigo, you got mental strength. If you haven't, you're out. <laughs> you, uh, Vinny Venezuela, you're a pretty boy, but you know, <laughs> you've got no mental strength. Out. You know that, That's what you've got to do. You hurt me. <laughs> so they, they, you're a pretty boy with mental strength. Don't worry about that. <laughs> mm. but, uh, but I don't think enough of that's happened or – you know, if you don't if you don't do that, you need the, the the depth in your squad to be able to have competition for spaces. So you don't even have to do that; they'll fight the, each other. And maybe that's what they've tried to do, but they've got such a long injury list right now that those that competition for spots is not there right now. I reckon he. I, I reckon Melling is getting up in in favour of Pardaloo because Melling has got the capacity to to show that bit of mongrel which the team seems to lack. For for mm. me, when I like I, I mentioned before. I think it was last year's derby, the second one. I can't remember the the result of that, but Melling was just, he took it to victory and he was very physical and in their faces. And and it was an eye-opener because you rarely see that from Melbourne Mm. City. We're getting some text messages about Eric Pardaloo and uh, like Brett from St Albans. Why is Eric Pardaloo not included on that list? Isn't he just a non-selection? Yeah, when, look, when I went through I, the list. There were, yeah, when I went through the list, yeah. I mentioned Corrin, I mentioned uh, Pardaloo, and of course he's not playing well. He got dropped, didn't he? Yeah, so that's for yeah, our pa- listeners Pardaloo that don't know. Did, yeah, he's not even yeah. selected in the squad. Mm. Corrin's injured at the moment, but he's been very, very disappointing. Now, no question about that. I'm not saying these guys, but on paper, their pedigree, I mean, Pardaloo's won premierships. Oh, with, they'd be relying yeah, on Pardaloo to absolutely, be wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. And so with if they're up and running and there's competition for spots at that club, um, yeah, the question is, why have they got such a long injury list? Do we have a start have a crack at their sports science people, their medical medico staff? Or what do we? I mean, do we extend it to them too now? Because they're, they're calling every... it um, Engelar syndrome, <laughs> <laughs> Carlos. Because I've got to say, they they've had a really poor record. There's mm. all their, their best players are always out, <laughs> always out, and that that's an issue too. Absolutely. Of course, Mif- Mifsud syndrome is when your best player's in, <laughs> but he's out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, That's true. Yeah, we, we, Fauna we thought at this right at the very start might have uh, had for some... For the first second. Yeah, for the first second. But Jesus is a good player. Yeah, then, Jesus then, is a good then player. Then we, re- we took a, a deep breath and yeah. thought, ah, no Mifsud, Mifsud mm, syndrome. Yeah. syndrome. I'll t- tell you what, I, I'm actually, you know, I'm, we're pretty scathing, I suppose, of what City did tonight, but... Fornaroli, you've got to be excited about that player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in the second half, when when he was doing it all by himself up the top of the tree there, and uh, in, I mean he was rolling Bogart, he was uh, turning and turning and creating things in that first half. How exciting is that player? Yeah, it's terrific. Good, pick good up. to watch. And can we just can I just quickly add, Dave mm-hmm. Carney? Yes, I salute you. Yes, because again, your resilience coming from all the stuff that happened last year with, with Newcastle and yeah. and providing quality. That's two weeks in a row where he's probably one of their most, uh, well, the probably the most important player they've got at the but moment. Vinny, he, he owed. He, after what happened last season, mm. he, I mean, it was just he was just comfort street for him over there until he was asked to leave and there was all, all sorts of problems. I didn't think it was ever something that they could actually, uh, you know, they actually Resolve. come together again. Yeah, yeah, but he has, and he's playing really well under Scott Miller. It sounds like this Scott Miller is a tough taskmaster too, by the way. I'm actually enjoying yeah, his yeah. work at the moment. Mm. I think, uh, obviously, he's got the team playing for him, mm. but even just, just the way he is, you know, he was prepared to take it up to Graham Arnold a few weeks yeah. ago. Telling and, him uh, how to coach yeah, his team before the game. Absolutely. Just, just quietly and a little bit disturbingly, 
Consuela Venezuela is also enjoying <laughs> <laughs> him. Yeah. And I'm not happy. It was the battle of the shoes tonight. Did you notice? Uh, yes. I know, we're not stretching. Yeah, we're, we're clutching at straws here a yeah. little bit. But, but uh, JVS went for the tan shoes, and I think... Uh, got, they were more red than tan. Red, 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 Very European. Yeah, very European. I think he bought them today because they were just too, too... Immaculate? There was just no... That yeah, sends the wrong message. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> All right, let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN Melbourne's home of sport. Scotland Yard sprang into action on March the 20th, 1966, when the World Cup trophy was stolen from Central Hall, Westminster. It had been brought to England from Brazil to be displayed in advance of the World Cup, being played in July. The trophy was discovered a few days later by a mongrel dog named Pickles. Pickles was digging for a bone in the backyard of his owner's London home and instead unearthed the cup. Police tracked the crime to Edward Betchley, who stole the cup to hold it for ransom. And Pickles? Well, our little woofer became a national hero. Woof woof. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diego's. Yes, it is a hot hit uh, for Diego's <laughs> from 1970-something. 74, 75. 74, yeah, Carlos 76. is feeling it. Yep. I'm moving my feet uh, <laughs> almost Matrix-like under the table. <laughs> yeah, Carlos, about this time on a Friday night in, these, yep. in that old time, you'd uh, be getting ready to go out now. You'd uh, Rubber hips be over really there. right into your REM sleep. You know, I got my first three-piece suit at 14. <laughs> was it white? Yeah, because my, my dad <laughs> used to force me to take my chaperone and my sister, mm. who was 19, yeah. uh, to go to the discos. With short... With shorts? Was it a suit with shorts? <laughs> no, no. Was it a brown shirt? It was a cream, brown, it was cream, shirt? brown, brown shirt. body shirt. Oh, ruffled? The body shirt. Yeah. And of course, I had it here in my chest when I was nine. <laughs> yeah. So I had the, you know, the, the, the body shirt with mm. the, you know, the buttons, you know, right down the hairy chest as yep. a 14-year-old. Yeah. And, um, and I, tell you, I must have been the only 14-year-old in Australia who was never asked for my ID because <laughs> right. I looked 27. That's right. <laughs> Anyway, and you were drinking wine yeah. at that age. So there's a lifestyle show all of a sudden. All of a sudden, at uh, quarter to twelve on a, <laughs> on a Friday night, it tends to be. Um, yeah. After you know, we've had a bit of a counselling session with some of our Melbourne yes. City uh, friends after they lost tonight three-two uh, against Newcastle Jets, who uh, put on a clinic in the second half because they scored three second-half goals uh, after Melbourne City were two-nil up at half time, and the goals in the first half to Melbourne City were Aaron Moy and Stefan Mork, uh, and we thought that it was going to be. That's it. Yeah. You know, we thought uh, it was Melbourne City's game. They were going to the top of the A-League ladder. But instead, it's Newcastle who find themselves on top after Ben Kantorowski uh, scored once and Milos Trifunovic scored uh, twice in the I love, I love Milos. second half. Yeah, It's like that, you remember a Seinfeld episode when Milos <laughs> yeah, was a tennis player? Couldn't play right. tennis? Yeah, that's right. He yeah, owned yeah. a tennis shop. Uh, now, Vinny, do you think, I mean, when you win away from home like Newcastle, this is back-to-back, by the way, first time in, the, in about three years mm. that uh, Newcastle Jets have won back-to-back games. I mean, it's un- it's unbelievable, the, the, really. the trip back to Newcastle, it's usually on the, you know, on the propeller. Yeah, you know, the, the cheap little, flight, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, the Cessna. Yeah, Cessna, yeah. They've uh, got about eight yeah, whatever. everyone yeah, in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but that's going to be a really happy flight back, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, back-to-back wins. They've beaten both Melbourne sides, you know, two weeks in a row. Away from home, come back from the debt, you know, after, after the coach has ripped into you at halftime. I mean, that's a happy time, a happy trip back, isn't it? Ah, oh, absolutely. They've met half their sort of short-term, um, <laughs> you know, what are they called? Not KPIs, their, yeah. their short-term goals, like winning yeah. two. 
they probably didn't think they'd win two all season and they've already won them. Well, they had problems at the start of the mm. season. Remember with Tinkler gone and uh, FFA owned them at the moment. So good on them. They'd well done. Feeling great. Yeah, and, oh, they, and, played, they, and they played good football yep. too. So let's talk a bit about them because, uh, you know, we spent the whole night, of course, and, yep. and as we should talk about Melbourne City. But, uh, you know, their coach, Scott Miller, has galvanised this club at this team. He came in at a time when they really needed him. And, uh, you know, they've got some good players um, who was it, a Leverditch or Yeah, Leverditch. Uh, yep. Um, a great player. He's probably their best player in the first half when they were going badly. And he, he's a very clever wide player. Uh, Jafunovic, obviously deadly in front of goals. One of those big Serbian guys up front is skillful, but can, you know, buffeting type player. Uh, you know, Kani. Yeah, Kantoroski is a, is a guy who probably lost his way. He... Ben Kantorowski was a guy three or four years ago. People were touting to be the next Ned Zalich. Mm. Since then, he's just lost his way completely. But his goal tonight and the way he's been playing, sounds like he's actually got a bit more mongrel this season with a couple of late tackles in the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, and even yeah. tonight, uh, you know, that pick-up Poliak from uh, Mateo Poliak from West Sydney Wanderers, he's been fantastic for him. You know, Nigel Bougard, I mean, he gets yellow cards for fun, uh, Nigel, but uh, he's a really good player. He did well. Jason Hoffman. You've got to be pleased for Jason Hoffman. Really but nice guy. When we used to do the the on-ground stuff at Melbourne Heart many years ago, you know, they'd always provide a player for us uh, before the game who wasn't playing. Yep. And we got to know Jason Hoffman really well <laughs> yeah, because he, he was playing. that player all the time. Yep. And you'd think, you know, what's he going to do with his career? He's gone back home and now he's uh, really establishing himself. So good on him. And Mark Birigidi, how much guts mm. has yeah. that guy got? Like, two weeks ago, five Five teeth were kicked in. Mm. He was in hospital. Almost hanging out of his bottom uh, yeah. lip. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and forty odd stitches in yeah. his mouth. And uh, there was a real, there was some real issues, concerns about him playing tonight. But apparently, Scott Miller said the first day back from training, he actually basically uh, went to the feet of a player like you know, similar to when uh, Smeltz kicked him in the face. And uh, he did a training, the first thing he did a training, so he knew that he was ready See, for it. See, so, Melbourne yeah. City boys wouldn't do that. That's meant. <laughs> they, they don't have the mentality. That mental strength <laughs> is there, and so good on him. I mean, you got to you got to applaud a team like that. Absolutely. I thought at one point he was going to run into one of his defenders. He he yeah. came out for the ball, yep. and I, I didn't think uh, I don't know who it was. They they didn't spot each other. I thought, oh, it's going to end badly for him yeah. again. But thankfully, yeah, it didn't. Good on Just you. Just off uh, the text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Ha ha ha. Hugh Moore Heidelberg could easily get a better crowd than that. Looked like there were more seagulls there than people tonight from Anders uh, on the SMS. Well, you can't uh, right now. Melbourne City's got to suck it up and just take the criticism because it's their own doing. If people are saying that sort of thing, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. Uh, but. It's in their own doing, and the only way they can fix this is by going on a run of five or six wins, and they've got to be gritty wins to show people that this is no longer something that's uh, endemic in that squad or in that club. Absolutely. Uh, James in Bacchus Marsh, when David Villa came, City got a crowds of 15,000-plus with poor performances. Now there's no international star names and haven't got wins on the board. Crowds, crowds will not grow until they prove they can win consistently and show they're on the up. So, Absolutely. yeah, no, I can't agree with that more. It's a, it's, all it is is consistent wins. It doesn't matter who's playing for them, just consistent wins to earn respect. And if they then can top it off by playing really great football the way they did in the first half today, then people will say, okay, I might go and watch them play. Uh, because there are people out there who've been waiting for a long, long time, who aren't victory fans, mm. who've been waiting a long time to say, is Melbourne City going to be my club? But the minute... They sort of tease you. The minute they look like they could be is the minute they let you down. Yep. They've got uh, Adelaide next week at Hindmarsh. So they play in, well in Adelaide, actually. In terms of uh, 
coming back and sort of that's a good place to do it because it is difficult playing at Hindmarsh at the best of times. What about in the other games this weekend, guys, in the A-League? Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously talk more about Melbourne Victory versus Wellington Phoenix, who play on uh, Cup Eve Monday night. But uh, first, uh, tomorrow, Central Coast Mariners take on uh, Sydney FC. So you'd think Sydney and FC, who were on top at the start of this uh, round, and now Newcastle Jets are, of course. But uh, Sydney FC boys, h- h- how do you think they're travelling? Oh, they're they're a team that are playing great football at the moment, but they're they're, they're getting the results. I mean yeah. that, that that's all you want from your team, and Arnie will demand that from his mm. team. There's a I was lucky enough to be up in Sydney and interview a few of their players for a project uh, what five or six weeks ago, and really impressed. I was watching them training, really impressed with the way the way they went about it. They're young kids, uh, good players who are really professional and some good mature. Uh, leaders in that squad. Uh, the only thing is, Central Coast Mariners at home, uh, after the results they've been having the last couple of weeks, they may you know, pull one out of the bag. Who knows? You'd hope so. You, did you use the word project? Uh, did, he, <laughs> did, did, did he use that word? Did I? I think he did. Did yeah. I? Yeah, you used the word in project. What, in what context? No, no, you did a project over there. Football, oh, yes. it must, it must yes. be something good because Absolutely. it's a project. It's a project. Can I just make a casual observation? Sorry, Rodrigo. But, no, no, uh, casual observations uh, are what the, the show's um, all about. Central Coast Mariners strip... <laughs> Oh, I know. With the big marijuana. Yeah. I know it's not a marijuana plant, but, but <laughs> yeah, no. that's what I think it is when yeah. I see it. It's just like, I don't know, appealing know. to a stoner's market or yeah. what? It, it's like if you gave a primary school a competition to come up with a design of a shirt, mm. the worst yep. the worst design in that class, yep. in that grade three class, that would be the design, the palm tree on the shirt. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, look, you've got to encourage children, Carlos, and uh, I'm <laughs> really? sure at did, that did point in time... Did they pay for that? Did in, they pay for that oh, design? I'm sure they... They did. It, it's got. A, I can't. I can't imagine a, a, a football strip that's got a, anything worse than a palm tree. Like I know vegetation. <laughs> I know. It just sends the wrong message. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. In the other games, uh, Brisbane Roar and Adelaide United should be a good game. Wanderers take on Perth Glory on Sunday, but Melbourne Victory uh, take on Wellington Phoenix. Let's uh, spend a couple of minutes just to talk about this game yeah. because uh, there will be a final. It will be broadcast on SCN. Yes. On Monday night, yes. and there'll be a final whistle. Yes. Again. Imagine from, if they lose. From 10. <laughs> we're going to oh, do another no. two hours of Melbourne this. Melbourne victory, you need to win. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> we can't we're on an extremely yeah. positive, <laughs> That's right. gloating show on uh, yeah. on Monday night. But, but do, you, do you want to, Rodrigo, do you want a plucky Wellington on Monday? To show the world they deserve to be in the A-League. Well, they have to be plucky, Carlos. If they're not plucky after the week they've just had, they may as well just pack but up But they and weren't go plucky to... last week. Well, they, but they need... The, if that didn't galvanise, the fact that they Ernie, could... Ernie put strikers on. He he, he, he he doesn't stop being plucky. No, no, what I'm saying, I know, they, I, know they, I know they won 3-2, but they only got 6,000 people. It, it, it's not about the performance it's of the team. It's all about the numbers for you, isn't it, Carlos? It, it, it's not it about is, the quality of the football. It, you know, really, the, the whole romance goes out the window when we're talking about... The you growth of the game. I'll say this to you, Carlos. Yes. Melbourne City, send them to Wellington, <laughs> right? Send Wellington here. Their football, the way they play football, will get more people yep. watching them it, but it's not than actually, the way oh. City does it. But, Vinny, it's not about the team. There's no question that Wellington are no longer a pub team, right? They're a competitive outfit. Ernie Merrick coaches them well. They've got some good Attacking. players. Attacking. They've got some good players. Roy Krishna, Bonavaccio, we can go through a number of... So they're a pub club. They're actually they're actually beyond the pub. I won't even use the the, the word pub in a sentence that involves Wellington right. Phoenix anymore. You, you think they're better than the pub? But it's everything around it. Mm. The the fans. The New Zealand is a problem. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> New Zealand is the problem. Okay. So they're a pub country. Yes. Right. 
Yes. There you go. There's so, a, there, there are proper football club playing in a pub country, yeah. with all due respect to our Kiwi friends. <laughs> for, all, for all we know, they're trying to seek asylum and they just can't get in. <laughs> so the question is, they'll be plucky, but it's not about the team on Monday. Well, but it is, because if the team has to be plucky to win. Yeah, but they don't, people don't, still don't go. Investors, they're still not... The investors yeah, yeah, don't yeah. invest. No, no, but let's just talk. People don't so, watch TV. But we're only talking about the game. <laughs> New Zealand. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, They'll be recovering from the uh, whatever happens in the rugby. Well, I didn't say right, it was sure. Melbourne Victory's management team versus <laughs> Wellington Phoenix <laughs> management team. It's the team. Anyway. I think take, it'll be a great game. I hope it is. Vinny it will Venezuela. be a great game. We'll take a break now and come back with a, another minute more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. When Arsenal striker Ian Wright was asked about opposing fans booing him, he replied, The fans who give me stick are the sort of people who still point at aeroplanes. Geez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's.